This is Mark Shepard, Romo Lampkin. You're listening to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. Previously on the Galactica Quorum. Obviously, I have not seen Caprica, but it has to deal with the one god versus the multi-gods. And it is the beginning of the Cylon technology. It seems like it's going to be even less of a sci-fi show. They're just rooted on the planet, and it's about gods or God. That just seems like days of our Caprica or something. Well, we were a bit worried that Caprica was going to be just like a lawyer show. At least in the miniseries, it's pretty much just two families dealing with loss. The last scene was so cringeworthy. Ooh, boobies. Our name is Adama. Really? <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Caprica Quorum. It's a, it's a what? It's, it's a fracking podcast. We're still the Galactica Quorum. I was just doing a thing there. We're still a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica. And we will be talking about Caprica in this episode. No, we're not changing our name. This is episode 77 of the Galactica Quorum. Our website is... GalacticaQuorum.com. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. Send us a voicemail with your comments or questions to 301-358-5175. Follow us on Twitter, where our account name is GalacticaQuorum. And be sure to stop by our website for our forums, where you can join in the discussion about Battlestar, Caprica, and all sorts of other sci-fi shows. I'm Brian, and joining me is... Michelle! Jason! Save Dollhouse and save Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this point, just some little news. We have not heard yet the state of some of the shows that we like. Save Chuck. They haven't announced that yet, whether Chuck is on, is staying or not. Yeah, there's some shows in limbo. There was conflicting information about Chuck being saved. Then they said, no, not yet. And then Sarah Connor, there was a post on a site somewhere that said it was gone. But then they backtracked on that. Well, maybe they finally figured out that they should wait and see what happens with Terminator Salvation. That would be the smart thing to do. I agree. Maybe, just maybe, you could actually start filming some episodes, and in the whole uh, halcyon days of Terminator Salvation, you bring back like four episodes in the summer and say, hey, look, want more? I think they could get like a whole new audience with Terminator Salvation if they incorporate some of the storyline from Salvation into the show. I think it would be fantastic. In fact, the way they ended it was fantastic. Yeah, it feeds in perfectly. Like, why would you get rid of a show like that? That's such a good show. Why? It's Fox. And to compound my agony, I found out that NBC's already renewed Heroes. By the way, the last episode of Heroes sucked. (laughs) I kind of feel like they jumped the shark. You're just realizing that? Yeah, but that episode, like, I think they really did. Now, this comes after they brought back that guy who was supposed to be the salvation that was going to steer them back on course. The last Ryan Fuller. They murdered Pushing Daisies, and now he can't even fix this show. I just think that and it was by stupid. By the way, it's not like Siler hasn't always been your best character. And by the way, after Star Trek, he has no reason to come back unless you've got him locked under a contract. Well, and I think that's why they kept him. It's just because of they're like, oh, well, now he's going to be more of an uber star. And... Let's find any possible way to keep Siler in the show, even though it's the dumbest storyline I have ever heard. (laughs) Uh, And I was the big hero supporter on this podcast. That's right. I was the one that kept telling everybody, oh, they should really still watch it. It is still kind of good. But no, I'm done. I'm done. Wow. (laughs) 
That's an indictment there. Yeah, Michelle likes anything. She's like Mikey. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I like stupid crap. Sorry, Just like I I love the prequels of Star Wars. Yeah, we'll go there. Although, uh, they did just have the Star Wars anniversary a couple weeks ago, right? The, what was it called? Was it the anniversary of the original or the the anniversary of the remastering destruction of them or the anniversary (laughs) of the 20th anniversary (laughs) CD releases or the anniversary of I'm Back for More Cash? All credit to Tony Kornheiser for that title. I don't know. I don't. Totally. You're the one that tweeted about the. Uh, no, no, no. It was Star just. Day. It was Star Wars Day. May the 4th. Okay. Be but, with you. But what is the date is associated with that? Is it the original It's just release? May the 4th. May the 4th? Get it? May the 4th. Oh, force. gotcha. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was because they first released it no, on May the 4th. No, no. For those of you not watching the video feed, just imagine Brian's expression. <laughs> That's why. Just because May the 4th. Okay. Gotcha. It has nothing to do with the actual. It's just because we're nerds. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that was just... Wait, that sh- flew right over your head? Yeah. yeah. See, I was actually looking for an actual connection. See, that's why <laughs> the problem with the Battlestar finale was so bad for me. I'm looking for connections. I'm looking for reasons to, more than just superficial... Sometimes things are illogical. Thing. Yeah. But I did yeah. find that version of Star Wars that a fan edited together. Have I you still watched have, that No, yet? I haven't watched it yet. It is so good. Look for uh, Adiwan fan edit, A-D-Y-W-A-N, and you'll find some torrents of it. He basically took the good DVD master and some of the old footage of the original that isn't all fucked up <laughs> and <laughs> mixed right. it together. And uh, it's not just that he edited scenes in it's It's what he did to remove certain things. Just as an example, when the Lance Beater goes into Moss Eisley for the first time, he edited out the droid punching the other droid. Like the scene's still there, but somehow it's, gone. And then the thing that boggles my mind is when they pull up to the stormtroopers, in the enhanced version, there's that big Ronto, Ronto thing that clomps by over in front of the camera. And somehow that is completely removed. I don't know how that was oh, done. Wow. Uh, it's, yeah, I need to watch that. So he restored it to its like rightful place. Yeah. And uh, if you watch it with the, uh, there's like a special subtitle track you can put on that shows every addition or subtraction that was made with like a text notations. Here and there that say FX added here, remove this, change the color of this to be correct. And when it gets to uh, the Greedo and Han scene, it says in big, big letters, Han, Han shoots first. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a whole bit at the end with the uh, Death Star TIE fighter battles that he added, like just an incredible whole new sequence. I'm sure it exists and I've just missed it, but has someone taken the three prequel movies? And taken the good parts out of those and made, like, one good two-hour movie. Ooh, that's a good idea. I think someone has, yeah. I mean, it would make a lot of sense. So, it would require moving all of Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. Well, no doubt about that. And it would require getting rid of the pod racing. Yeah, it was kind of superfluous. Getting rid of the lovey-dovey rolling around in the grass scene. There's large Um. portions of the second movie (laughs) that can... I think you can skip from the battle on Padme's planet... Yeah. To the battle in the gladiator ring and really not miss a lot. Oh, and getting rid of the whole, I wish I could wish away my feelings line. (laughs) That line is just painful. Probably cost him the Oscar. (laughs) I wish I could wish away. Don't use wish twice in a sentence. There's probably a good two and a half, three hour movie in there. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The third movie was pretty decent all the way through. No. (laughs) There's a... 
I like the okay, whole third well, movie. Okay, okay. Moving on. I think I think our discussion in the first ten minutes of Caprica Quorum kind of tells you what we think of Caprica. <laughs> mm. No, we just haven't been together in so long yeah. that we've got to get all this stuff out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to mention that we will be at Balticon. Balticon is the convention in Baltimore that runs May 22nd to 25th. We will be recording a live, kind of live, podcast. Live from the event. Live from the event. Our scheduled time is at 7 p.m. on Sunday, May 24th. So stop by, check the schedule. I believe we're in the Chesapeake room. Scott Sigler is scheduled to be our guest on that panel. So we'll get an author's perspective of Battlestar. And I'm looking forward to Scott's irate bashing of the show. Yeah, he wasn't a fan of the finale. Yeah. A lot of people weren't, but he was definitely not. I'm dying to get him in the discussion. And as part of the writing theme, something we did about a year ago was we asked for people to submit their ideas for show episodes. We called it the Writer's Room segment. We did one or two of them, and I've been holding on to them for a while. Now, when he says show episodes, he means Battlestar Battlestar Galactica show. show. Not our show. So, (laughs) I think they're synonymous. (laughs) So, if you have any show ideas that you would pitch, send them along. Also, we received a couple people sent us emails with reimagined endings of the finale. Send us your ideas of what you wish the finale would have been. What you wish you you could wish away. Yes. (laughs) More people would have died. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's on my list. I would have killed Baltar. Also, I mentioned in the recent podcast about the book Battlestar Galactica downloaded that is out we actually are going to be doing a contest to give away a copy of that book here's how you win Brian tell them what they could win well, I just told them that I'm going to oh, tell them how they Brian, can win Brian <laughs> tell them how they can win this is why Vanna has nothing to fear <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do is for this contest there may be more we're going to do it based on Twitter follow us on Twitter again our account name is Galactica Quorum And all you have to do is, besides following us, is send us a tweet with our Twitter name in it. Either reply to us or a tweet about us between now and, mm, let's say, June 30th. Now, make sure when you do tweet it that you do the at symbol Galactica Quorum so we will be able to find you easily. Right. And we will compile all those and we will take a random winner from the people that have tweeted us. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. So again, the prize is Battlestar Galactica Downloaded. Check it out. You can see pages of it on Amazon. It's a really nice book. Speaking of contests, there's another podcast called The Fanboy Remix that is doing a Caprica DVD giveaway. They're doing a weekly trivia contest. If you want the details for that, head on over to fanboyremix.blogspot.com. I will put the link for that in our show notes, along with all the other details about the contests. I was going to bring up that Alex Ponovic had a movie on the sci-fi channel called Fireball, but I totally dropped the ball (laughs) on that. I forgot to mention it in the podcast before it aired. So keep an eye out for that on sci-fi. You know sci-fi. They always re-air their original movies. So Since they've got nothing original left now. Exactly. Also, Alex has got a new short on his website called The Brute. Check it out. It's at alexponovic.com. We'll post a link to that on our website. I'm sorry, Alex. I totally dropped the ball on that. (laughs) (laughs) His movie just came out on DVD. Personal effects. Yes. The one with Ashton Kutcher. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. Entertainment Weekly gave it a B. So good movie. Awesome. Good for them. Give it a try. 
Okay, we still have lots of stuff to talk about the finale, but Caprica is out, and it's been a couple weeks since it's been out, so we figured that's enough time for people to have watched it. Obviously, if you haven't seen it, this is going to be a spoilerific episode full of plot details and whatnot, so you might want to hold off if you haven't seen it yet. We have not listened to the commentary track. Now, spoiler-wise, obviously we're going to be talking about the episode, but I am going to be talking also about some elements that were not in the DVD, which were in the script, which may or may not show up later, show up later on in, in the series. We don't know. They weren't even included as deleted scenes, so they might be just elements they had tossed out, but we'll be talking about that a little bit later. So just heads up. I asked people to send in tweet caps, and one comes from Peggy. This one goes, 58 years ago, ethnicity plus faith are major players. Daniel steals Zoe's work, and Cylons are born. But is she really dead and lost to him? Brandon writes, decadence abounds. Two fathers grieve. One begins redemption, one creates Cylons. Peace now, war looms, monotheism spreads. Dun, dun, dun. And I didn't write a recap, so we're going to have to just... Oh my god! I don't know what I'm going to do! I think I'm ready to leave at that point. <laughs> I mean, jeez. So let's jump into this with a voicemail from Jesse. Hey, Brian, it's Jesse Jackson. Just wanted to leave a quick message letting you know that I finished Caprica, and I hate to sound like you, but... It was terrible. I guess I'm being over dramatic, but there just wasn't a lot that pulled me into the story. I stuck with it the whole movie. I'm going to watch it again with the commentary. I'm hoping that after the discussion of you guys, I'll see something I like. But right now, I do not have high hopes for this prequel. Talk to you later. I love how he said, I hate to sound like you, Brian. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like he works with us. <laughs> is. I'm not that bad, am I? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if I hate something, I will tell you why I hate something. You got to show your work. You have to. Well, he did. Me. He said why he didn't necessarily like it. Yeah. He didn't feel like he was pulled into the okay. story. So. Okay. But is that enough to say it was terrible? I don't think it was terrible. Well, I'm sure he'll, once we talk, he'll call back in and give us his. Did you think it was terrible? I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, I didn't think it was fantastic, but it wasn't... I like the concept behind it. It may not have been executed fully, but I like the concept. How long was that thing? Like 90 minutes, roughly? Maybe 100 minutes long? I was in for about 95. And then the last scene was so cringeworthy. <laughs> it just destroyed it. I mean, it wasn't terrible. But if I could rewatch it again without having to see the last scene, I would have been so much higher on it. And the last scene being when Zoe inside the Cylon, not Centurion, but the, the, prototype. the prototype stumbles around and talks in Zoe voice, a mechanized Zoe voice, like yeah. a Frankenstein off the table. So now we're supposed to believe that basically a 15-year-old girl took created down the, the colonies. Yeah, she created the... It's because of teen angst that yes. the Cylons yeah. rebelled. Basically, if you really wanted to extrapolate, you just destroyed the whole Battlestar Galactica universe with that scene. You've made it all worthless <laughs> I have me. to admit, I don't like the idea that it was teen angst that caused the first round of Cylons to rebel. Yeah. Because and, basically the first round of Cylons would have been modeled after her. And the monotheism. And all right. That. It's like... Oh it's because God. of her that the Cylons believe in the one God. And yeah, it's just... 
Okay, admittedly, I have problems yeah. with the 15-year-old being the wonderkind genius that comes up with this fabulous technology that the whole research departments and universities and corporations across the 12 colonies well, because, could have come up with. Because children have a better imagination, whereas adults, by the time they become adults, their imagination doesn't work quite as well. So children are able to be smarter and more creative. I can actually totally buy into it. It's not like anyone over the age of 30 created Twitter, Facebook, it's true. MySpace. The inner tube came from <laughs> DARPAnet. I mean, that was the military. But the fun, the creativity that's been applied to it now is pretty much coming from Gen Y. No, I can buy that. It's just where it went from there. There's a lot of good material to work with. I think there's a lot you can recover from that, but that was just such a cheesy way to end it. Did you feel that it was a part of the Battlestar Galactica universe that we've known to this point? In other words, as you looked at Caprico, did you feel you saw enough bits of the art design that we had seen before, or did it just look like Vancouver dressed up? It was Vancouver dressed up, and I couldn't shake the fact that whenever they did the big view of Greystone's building, the windows were square. That bugged the crap out well, of me. Well, you know what bothered me, too, is that I kept thinking it was Baltar's house, but it's not. Yeah, that was totally Baltar's house. It's not, It's though. not, but it was. Yeah, but when you first walk into it, because he had the big plate glass windows, and you're looking over the lake, and I was like, is that Baltar's house? But it's not. They probably should have deviated a little bit with that house. They probably shouldn't have made it look exactly like that. Yeah, it definitely did look like Vancouver dressed up. But, of course, we all know what Vancouver looks like. If you didn't watch sci-fi like we do... Yes, if you've watched a lot of sci-fi lately, you know what Vancouver looks like. What bothered me the most, and this was the same thing you got watching the Star Wars prequels, all the cool technology they had 50 years ago that apparently didn't exist. How many times do I have to explain this to you? I'm sorry. I just refuse to believe that I don't care if the colonies were destroyed. There's going to be enough teen angst kids that are going to bring along their little folded computer screens with them that they're going to be somewhere right. on the ships. <sighs> okay. Yeah. They're not. It doesn't have to be networked to something. It just to be like, oh, here's my PDA of. The- yeah. It's like if this building catches on fire, your iPhone's coming out with you. It might. <laughs> and that's what. And it's the same thing. Yeah. It won't be networked, but. There would have been little sheets of computers. I buy it. I buy it. No, I don't. Technology does not just disappear unless it becomes obsolete. Unless Leodama says so. (laughs) Unless Leodama says, throw all your iPods into the river now. No fracking way. (laughs) Whatever. I buy it. Okay. If you're going to go off on teen angst, you have to accept the fact that some petulant teenager would have brought some of this crap on. Okay. But if it doesn't work, it's just junk. Maybe they're just playing games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plus, but he made a big deal about the Galactica not being networked. Don't tell me networks didn't exist on some of those civilian well, ships. Well, they did, didn't they? Didn't the other Vipers? Well, the, yeah, the new Vipers that got totally shut down. Yeah. So, they, so the networking was there. I'm sorry, the little computers would have been there. Maybe they, they just be- realized that the fold-up paper computer was just stupid. We're trying to invent it now. <laughs> but it folded. We're inventing ones that just kind of are flat and roll. And we We're trying like- to invent them now. <laughs> How can they be stupid? Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. I do wish that they had done a little bit more effort to make it a little more different in terms of Caprica being just dressed slightly to look different than modern Earth. 
you know, it's budget, but it doesn't take a lot to just dress things just somewhat differently. And more than just making a tennis court without a frickin' net. I mean, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Well, it sounded like your people controlled the music. Yes, it's true. I enjoyed the music. It was pretty damn club techno. Yep. What did you think of the club? Over I mean, the top. Just- totally over the top. I mean, really? But admittedly, though, when the internet came around... People were exploring. And people were in the chat rooms, and they... They did stupid things, and they said stupid things in these chat rooms, but it wasn't like this. Second Life is like that now. Second Life, like, they do all kinds of weird, funky-ass yeah, things in there. What, which, of course, goes back to one of the, the other big fault. Please, please don't have me believe that these teenagers are going into this virtual club looking, looking like a, exactly like they look in real life. I didn't buy that life. one bit. I did not if buy gonna that. If you're going to go have random internet virtual sex, you're going to do it under a pseudonym. I didn't buy that, yeah. The boys are going to be hotter. Yeah. The girls are going to have... You're not going to do this, and then the next day we walk out of school going, last night. Yeah. Yeah. You were awesome. We should do this for real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't buy that. Because, I mean, even like with my characters that I create for all these online games, I make them crazy. Like, they've got elf ears and pink hair. Why? How is that different? (laughs) I don't have elf ears. I'd love to have elf ears, but... I mean, I make them kind of fantastic, you know? It's just... I didn't buy that. I didn't. My mind. The club, it was over the top, but it wasn't too far gone. Actually, that's just the teen version of the club. Let's extrapolate. There's probably an adult version that's like 20 times worse because they know what they're doing. I just think that's wild, though, that rather than just having all the sex and everything, but they've got people like killing each other and they're doing human sacrifice. I'm like, what? I guess the thing that I found not to be believable was we saw this hedonistic club, virtual club, and then in the finale, BSG finale, we saw Caprica as it existed 50 years after that V-Club. And you would think if they were really heading down this really dark path, that by that time, I mean, we saw just before the fall, you know, they were going out, they were partying, they were strip clubs, they were retching in the streets, whatever. But it wasn't, wasn't a big deal. You would have thought that if they had this really nasty, violent club, that that would have been the seed from which a lot of bad stuff would have happened over 50 years. Yeah, it's completely unlike real life, because the real-life example is 9-11. It was like, America's decadent, you know, all we care about is gossip and celebrities and this and that. 9-11 happens, oh my god, we're all one, we're going to come back to what's important, and, you know, it couldn't have been three or four years later. That we're back to it again. Gossip and celebrities. Yeah. Between Caprica and Battlestar, there was that original Cylon War, right? Which basically, like, takes out most of the population. So there is a possibility that they did scale it back, and by the time Battlestar rolls around is when things were, like, scaling back up. But they never got to scale back up because then the war happened again. Could so be. you didn't get to see random boobies in a virtual club. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing about... Boobies! Um, the two comments I had about... <laughs> <laughs> that made no sense. I mean, those... They just wanted to put boobs in it. That's I mean, all that it was. really made no it, sense. It seemed so out of left field. It's like, oh, this young child is walking through this club and, ooh, boobies! <laughs> yeah. You know what? That might have been shocking, like... 20 years ago. Now it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. They were nice boobies. They were actresses' boobies. I know, but they yeah. were nice. I'm sure Vancouver has a CD porn underground that they <laughs> Ooh. can tap, so I mean, to speak. I mean, what if that's your big thing on your resume? I was in Caprica. Oh, really? Yeah, I was one of the boobies. Well, you, you don't see my I head ever. Yeah. And you actually won't see me on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to cut me out when they finally put it on the Sci-Fi and Channel. And those scenes just were so obviously inserted to be cut out. Hmm. There was mm-hmm. no natural flow whatsoever. True. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Although in the trailer that they released a few months ago, they had a scene where Greystone was walking through the club and the version that was on the DVD, the same scene, same lines, they had people in the background who were topless. 
So they shot it twice. But again, they just did it purposefully just to have a version that was R-rated. The whole Adams Adama thing, I thought there was way too much buildup for something that everybody knew. With Caprica, you're not getting anybody new. You're getting people that know. So there was a little too much, but our name is Adama. Yeah, but they had actually put that in the commercial. Like, everybody knew ahead of time because they put it in the commercial. Right. It was like a way to reveal. Yeah. (laughs) Really? You're Adama. I am fracking shocked. No kidding. (laughs) It's weird. There's this guy who's this, you know, lawyer. Wait, wait. The grandfather lawyer. He's never been referenced before. And his son's name is William. And the last name is Adams. That's really close to Adama. Yeah, no. I mean, okay, with a little Ellis Island reference, but, you know, come on. Yeah. On the plus side, I still love the three main actors, and I think they've got a lot of great stuff to work with in terms of the Cylons, in terms of industrial espionage, class warfare, racism, religious animosity. I mean, there's a lot of good plot lines. It's just that I was so crushed by the last five minutes that I don't have any confidence they'll develop anything. I have confidence it'll develop. Actually, I have confidence that right when it gets good, about 12 episodes in, sci-fi will cancel it. Because, you know, that's what happens now. You were talking about just now the possible ways they could go with this. What are they going to do next? Are they going to focus on the families, the monotheism? Is it going to be the Cylons? You've got to focus on the Cylons and the families because you have to focus on the Cylon development. And you've also got to focus on how everything going on shapes Bill Adama. Because right now he's kind of wussy. Yeah. Obviously, he's got a lot of growing up to do. I do wish they had not had Adamas be the central focus of it. I don't know if they had to be in the prequel as much of a key role as they are. Maybe they could have had the Greystones be this other family. But it's the same problem I have with the prequel trilogy. All the main characters keep showing up in the prequel. They've written themselves in a corner by the fact that we've never heard the name Greystone mentioned ever in Battlestar Galactica, it's almost like they've got to come up with some point where he becomes completely disgraced or it fails or something, because if he was the creator, at some point, a Cylon would have said something. They would have been a Greystone reference. It just doesn't make sense. And speaking of the creator, here's a post from our boards from Monkey King, 1969, who writes, The whole question of how Cylons became sentient is tossed out the window. They are human mind copies. In effect, Cylons are instant copies of human minds. End of story. And what luck, it takes about six hours to compile a mind, and you can compile anyone nearly perfectly with Facebook pages, laundry lists, library card records, and a few medical records. This is something that they will have to address in the series. At this point, we had assumed that the Cylons were artificial intelligence as they present it here. It seems like they're not artificial intelligence as we know the term. They're disaffected humans. They're right. They're disembodied humans that are inserted into a memory matrix storage unit into a mechanized automaton. They could just take people, shove them into this other metal body, and that's Cylon. But Or what you do is just you pursue this for a couple seasons and then realize it's complete crap in both ways and then wipe them out and say, this isn't working. we got to get the AI going. Sounds like Terminator. They all sound like the same thing at some point. It's true. Well, that's what they were doing with Terminator, too. There's a great article on how many echoes of Buffy are weaved throughout Dollhouse. That, to me, is a big issue. The other thing is, I know they had to come up with a way to insert her persona into the chip. And I like the idea about compiling like a database of different things, but it took it one step too far with that whole bit about you are just your trail of what you've bought and this and that. And That comes from our society right now. I know, but for them to take it and make that the focus is implausible. 
if someone takes your library card and goes and checks out some really wacky stuff and they try to recreate you in a, a robot and you come up like, whoa, suddenly I really like knitting. I wonder why. Oh, your friend. Well, that's a, that's a <laughs> Sylvester Stallone movie when they were reprogrammed. Yeah, I remember that. And he got reprogrammed as to knit. Yeah. We've sci-fied our way into a corner. Oh, it's so sad. There was that one scene, which I thought was really silly. When he first puts her mind cube into the big metal thing and he turns her on, he is watching expectantly as she comes to life. You're thinking, there are a dozen ways this can go wrong. Yeah. A, it goes crazy and it... Kills everybody. You know, just stomps over to him. And even if it's like, it could be intentional, crushes his windpipe. It could be unintentional where it's like, daddy, squeeze. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or just... Any number of things where the old cliche about when you saw Bugs Bunny cartoons, when the thing runs through the wall, creates a silhouette of itself in the walls, and it runs off into the countryside. Just any number of things could have gone wrong. You would think someone who's supposedly that brilliant would definitely think that through. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't. Here's something I didn't understand, which didn't make sense to me, was the whole Tamara, when she was brought into the virtual world based off of like all of her purchases and her library card and all of that stuff. And it was supposed to be her and she's in this virtual world. And then she's like, I can't feel my heart. Why would you even think that? Because her purchases and everything don't show that part of her. Like, I don't understand why she just quickly jumped to thinking she was real. And well, that's why I don't like that. He was able to get database of her and create, there should have been more to it. I mean, I can understand that being a, a component, but they made it sound like that was everything. Yeah. Like, oh, I downloaded all of her purchases and her library card and her grades and every answered every test she's ever taken. Okay, fine. But shouldn't you actually like throw in a little bit of like a, I don't know, some kind of DNA, just yeah. a little bit more organic to it. Yeah, that was weird. And the thing about that scene, which I came to think about later was, okay, she got freaked out that she didn't have a heartbeat. That's fine. But he got freaked out. But if you think about it, what if she came back and she was an angel? Okay. Same concept. After death, you're a spirit. Okay. You don't have a heartbeat if you're a spirit or an angel. If she had visited him as a angel, would he have freaked out and have been like, oh my God, you don't have a heartbeat. The response would have been anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, he knew that she wasn't real. So, and but, I think, the well, here's the very thing. Similar. About- I mean, it's especially that him, I don't think he would, I don't know. I think if he had seen an angel, he would have been like, oh. You know, he would have understood it. Maybe he would have understood it. That's the problem is he didn't understand this. You know, we always fear the things that we don't understand. Well, maybe. But for me, there was not such a distinction between I don't take him as being a very spiritual guy. Even if he had suddenly seen her as a spirit, I think he would have not have said abomination. I don't know. It's It just seemed odd. That whole scene just seemed odd. Flat out. Now, there's missing scenes on the DVD, and they are mainly dealing with a little bit of dialogue with Sister Clarice and a couple more maybe with Joseph Adama talking with his, what was his brother or his cousin? One or the other. I don't remember. One of his Tauron relatives. Which, by the way, I love that they use the Tauron language. Yeah. That was cool. Finally. It's about time. That was cool. It was a cool sounding language too. Now there is additional content and this is where the potential spoiler stuff comes in. In the script for Caprica, I don't know if they filmed it. And I don't know if it exists or if it was deleted early on or what have you. But potentially it might work its way into storylines later on. It could be something that exists in the writer's Bible. So you've been warned. Basically, the scenes that were deleted were Amanda Greystone has some sort of relationship with Thomas Virgis, the competing hardware guy. 
who develops the chip that works. In the aired version, or the DVD version, Virgis is just a character that exists off-screen the whole time. In the script, he actually shows up. And he is described in the script as handsome, well-dressed man in his 40s. Not too much more description than that. The first scene that he shows up is he meets Amanda in a restaurant. And she's there with him. And it becomes obvious that he's happy to see her. And he's, yeah, I'll just read a little bit of the, the scene. So uh, it's in a restaurant, in a dark corner of a dark restaurant. Repetitive there, Ron Moore. Tom Burgess sits in a booth, nursing a drink and perusing a menu. Amanda suddenly sits down next to him without preamble and puts her hand to her forehead as if to hide her face from herself. Amanda says, I'm only staying half an hour, Burgess. God, you look great, Mandy. Can't tell you how glad I am you changed your Amanda without looking up at him. Shut up and order me a drink. He's smart enough to shut up, and a small smile crosses his lips as he flags a waiter. Next scene he appears in is a little bit later, and it's in a hotel room, morning. Virgis sips coffee in his bathrobe as Amanda exits the bathroom half-naked, putting her earrings on. Without so much as a sideways glance, she begins to put her clothes on. Virgis, is there a chance? Dot, dot, dot. Amanda, it's best if you don't talk. Virgis, I'm leaving in a week. Amanda, good. This can't happen again. Virgis, smiling. You've been doing this dance for so many years, Mandy. Do you have any idea why? Amanda, you should ask yourself that question, not me. Virgis, I do it because I love you. Amanda, please. Virgis, it's completely true and you know it. On that, I've always been clear. Ever since we were at university, I even thought naively that you love me too. Amanda, back then it was simply revenge. Virgis, punishing Daniel for his indiscretions. But what are you doing now? Amanda, punishing myself. Oh, yeah, because sleeping with the guy is really punishment. Right. So then um, <laughs> there's a little bit, a couple more lines. They're fully dressed, and she's about to leave. And uh, Virgis tells her that his company's about to take away the contract from her husband. And Amanda says, you're telling me this? Why? Virgis, maybe I just don't like to kick a man when he's down. Amanda, but you'll sleep with his wife. And then she goes and closes the door. If anything, there's a brief bit when they're playing tennis at the very beginning Amanda and Daniel, they're arguing over a line call and he's like, cheater, cheater. If this had worked its way into the script, I think that line would have had more impact than it. As it is, it doesn't really mean anything, but it sounds like they both, at least in the script, had some sort of indiscretions that they had. And she still does. Now, the question is, will this play a role in the upcoming series or will they just bury it? In the script, and again, this may not mean anything at all, but when Virgis finds out that his property has been stolen, he calls Amanda up very angrily and demands to know what's going on. She basically says, stay the frack away from me. <laughs> and then he says, so it comes down to Daniel after all. And Amanda says, it was always Daniel. So at least in the script, they had a little mini arc where she hooked up with them, regretted it somewhat, but was punishing herself. And then once the technology is stolen, shuts the door on them completely. Does anybody else think the casting of their daughter was completely wrong? Zoe? Yeah. She oh. looks nothing like either one of them. That's true. Unless Zoe's Maybe not. Maybe Virgis's child. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I just thought even because he's a redhead, she's a blonde slash strawberry blonde, mm -hmm. pale, and their daughter is black hair, basically. Yeah, but, you know, genetics. I mean, they have... Maybe then, at that point in time, they could play around with genetics. But I didn't buy it. Who knows? I mean, maybe we've just cracked one of their little... Dun-dun-dun! <gasps> He's not really Greystow's daughter! <laughs> I 
this is why the Cylon becomes even more uber teen angsty and you're not my father and just starts killing everybody. Right. <gasps> so be curious to see what happens because, again, they since that was cut from not only the movie but from the deleted scenes, maybe they just completely scrapped that idea. Maybe it's still in the writer's Bible somewhere and maybe they will bring it up again at another point. Or we just gave away the plot for four episodes. Right. But considering <laughs> how much they brought back in the finale of BSG, going all the way back to sweep out every last little detail that they had in the writer's Bible, who knows? This It seems like they don't seem to waste a lot of material. They use everything. Speaking of the BSG finale, how did the BSG finale affect your impression of this episode? In other words, the reveals about Cylon, I'm kind God, of... Well, yeah, I think it affected because of the fact that Zoe herself was into the idea of the one god, and then she ends up being in a Cylon. So that, of course, I was like, oh, so it's all because of her that the Cylons believe in the one god. You know, it's not that they actually really made it up on their own. But then it also made me think that I wonder if they're going to ever bring in the final five. Because if you look at the timeline, the final five should be there kind of molding how the Cylons are being built. I'm curious to see if they'll ever do that. I think it affected me negatively because, well, number one, I didn't like the finale. The thing that I have an issue with is the whole God angle and what they are going to do with the angels specifically. Because why would they not have Baltar, head Baltar, show up? But who would he be? It shouldn't matter because if he's like a prophet of sorts, an angelic prophet, is there some reason he can only appear to the guy that he looks like? That seems kind of dumb. Maybe I... Maybe at that point, they're supposed to be leading the final five Cylons to influence how the Cylons are being built. I well, don't know. I just 4,000 years ago when they first started their journey back. I don't think they're necessary at this point because there's nobody they really need to be influencing. I think they would be really necessary because the nascent status of this new religion is just beginning. And they need to nudge certain people to start along the path. Like Sister Clarice... Maybe she's already a believer, but maybe there's someone else who's of influence who also needs to have a little bit of a push to make things happen the right way. But I don't think we need to see that right away. No, we don't. We don't need to see it at all. It's just that it would make sense for it to happen. I don't care if he ever shows up. I think it doesn't need to happen. But the problem is the way they portrayed it in the finale, he's an angel. So it almost makes more sense that he has to show up. The problem is, A, they're doing a prequel, so stuff that we know in the future has to come into play now. And B, the answer that they came up with, the angels, if it had just been Baltar having a chip in his head or his spine or just some affinity he had with Caprica Six that made him have a vision of her and they had some bond, then they could have left that alone. But as it was, the answer was, had Baltar was an angel, a messenger, a servant of God, because of that, pretty much can go anywhere and do anything and appear anywhere. So taking that, why not wouldn't show up in Caprica sometime as the religion is just getting started? Here's my other thought. And I just thought of this and it's probably completely wrong. But so Zoe created two virtual versions of herself. Basically, she had the one whenever she logged in, which would be her avatar. Mm -hmm. And then she had the one that was inside the club. Right. Well, in the deleted scenes, that other boy that they hung out with had one of himself. Because in the scenes, he meets up with Clarice. whatever, the sister. nun or, yeah, the right. sister or whatever, after he has been dead right. in the virtual world. So, what if the angels are technically those virtual characters 
not necessarily Zoe, but they are virtual characters. And the humans had developed to be able to do the projection kind of like what Cylons can do. So they're projecting this virtual world and bringing out their virtual You know, all that would be a great hypothesis, but as we learn in the finale, sorry, it's all God. There's none of this projecting stuff for technology of any kind. It's just God doing what he wants. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I don't want to believe it. I just can't. I can't. That's what happens when you wave the magic. It's God wand. It's all becomes so simple, and then you none of the other. Maybe it's just like built into my personality, but I just can't buy into that. I just can't believe that. I can't believe it for the show. I could believe it for any number of things, but for everything else we saw leading up in four seasons, five seasons. That's the one thing that I just can't go. Okay, now there's fairy tales where that would be a great ending. But God, it just still bugs the shit out of me. There's got to be a better explanation of that. There's not. There's not. So again, I don't want to see Head Baltar. I think it would not fit at all. But based on what they told us from before, to make it jive with what we were told in the finale, it needs to be that way. Okay. Uh, I wish it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun talking about this show when it goes on the end. I know. I do love that the sister at the school is into monotheism when she's actually trying to teach children the polytheism. Mm-hmm. I just find that very funny. That's got to be hard for her. As you were watching it, was it a big shock when you saw her? No. Be the mono? Did you get, were there any clues early on? Because for me, I had read the script before, so it wasn't a shock. So did you have a sense at all? When did you have a sense that she was working the other side? Pretty early on. I mean, even when the girls were just talking about it. I don't know. I think it was just the way it was set up that the girls just happened to have these meetings with the sister. And it didn't seem like a far-fetched idea for to have her to do something like that. Maybe I've just seen too many of these shows. And, <laughs> and people are just lacking creativity lately. It makes me wonder what they're going to do to make it A, different from an art design point, and B, dynamic. If you consider that for Battlestar Galactica, they completely redesigned the Colonial Blaster sidearm prop just so the actors could rack the slide, eject the clip, and have something to do with it. Made this cool, dynamic prop, this gun. In this show, what do they have that's even like that? Forget having some weird sci-fi gizmo, like some highfalutin tech device. Such a simple thing like a gun. You bring a gun into it, and immediately you have... There's threat, there's danger, there's action. Is there going to be any kind of interplay like that? It's the classic, what is this story about? Man versus man, man versus elements. If it's the conflict is between monotheists and the polytheists, is it just a conflict internally? Or is it actually going to spill into more physical violence of any kind? Well, I mean, it did already, because they have the group that... Well, they had a terrorist who sabotaged and destroyed the rail system. Yes, but I don't know... That's the kind of ongoing conflict that they can sustain. Well, one, I don't think that is going to really go anywhere because by the time you get to Battlestar, they're not talking about monotheism at all. Right. So I just think maybe they defeat that group or that group is hushed up. I think what's going to happen is the monotheists are all going to not suicide because they think they're going to be going to a different physical shell. They're going to all become Cylons. And they're going to take their religion off planet and they're going to just start their Cylon movement. They're going to become Cylons. They're going to forgo humanity in their organic shell. 
and become Cylons. You want to join the, our movement? Cool. First of all, you got to get rid of that flesh and body stuff and put yourself in this machine. And then uh, that's how it all starts. That's the end. The beginning of the end. Or the end of the beginning. Basically, they're going to do what Zoe and what the other kid figured out how to do. And make virtual versions of themselves and put them in Cylons like Zoe right. did. Which, again, makes me wonder, where does the artificial intelligence come into play? Maybe there really technically is an artificial intelligence. But there would need to be because they have all those raiders and centurions oh, and yeah, I all guess that. So. Unless they're all a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Well, Cavill said there are millions of sixes out there and there's millions of eights and all that. That would mean that they are probably copies of the same template. Yeah, the same base personality. So the 12 models, well, actually it would be the eight models if you count Daniel, not Greystone. God, why'd they have to do that? <laughs> why'd they have to have the two Daniels? They didn't um, think. Yeah, I know. So the eight, actually more like seven models were copies but then the Raiders and the Centurions and the hybrids that were running the base stars, would they all be copies of copies of copies? Or Well, the hybrids aren't. I think the hybrids are, I don't know. I don't know. This is fracking difficult. <laughs> oh, we'll just wait until God tells yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. <laughs> what am I doing trying to think of explanations? Why should I think? God will tell me what That's to right. do. That's right. All right. Grade-wise? I'll give it a, a C plus, B minus. I was really in... I was probably leaning toward a high B, but then it just, it dropped. So C+. I give it hope. Unfortunately, part of the reason I give it hope is because there's going to be nothing else on to watch. That's <laughs> so true. What do you think? I'm going to go with Jason. C+. Yeah, B-, C+. Right around there. Like, right along the edge. Yeah. Along with Jason, I was in it. To me, it was kind of slow, but... I still was buying into the storyline. And then at the end, when it just became this angsty little teenager inside Cylons, just mm -hmm. kind of whatever. I'm kind of with you there. I mean, I've kind of poo-pooed a lot of this stuff about it, but I did think the performances were really good. I thought the direction itself was really good. The story was adequate. I didn't think it was great. It had potential. It didn't completely dump all over Battlestar like the prequels of Star Wars did for Star <laughs> Wars. Because it all started with one man. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it didn't really draw me in too much, and I was affected by the finale and the revelations of the finale that affected me on this, so... But they could do anything in the in the series. If you look at what 33 did as a jumpstart, if they have a similar type of episode for Caprica, who knows? I don't know how they could possibly mimic that, because, again, what's the conflict going to be? With 33, you had, in its most pure elemental form... They had the conflict, man versus Cylon. And the Cylon was, at that time, super scary. The shark mm -hmm. in the water. It's hard to beat that. So, I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll find out. Yep. Okay. So, that's our initial discussion for Caprica. Again, I want to remind everybody about our upcoming appearance at Balticon and our contest. You can reach us at our Twitter name, Galactica Quorum. Our website is galacticacorum.com. Our email is gcorum at gmail.com. Our voicemail, 301-358-5175. Jump clock is running. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for subscribing. Bye-bye. <laughs>
I have to pee again. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just kidding. I can hold it. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. You haven't proven it yet. 